What up, though? What up, though, everybody? And welcome to the Retired Hood Rat Podcast. It's your favorite Retired Hood Rat, your girl, comedian, T-Barb. Don't forget, relapse is a part of recovery, <laughs> okay? So if you are trying to retire from being a hood rat, hell, if you're an active hood rat, welcome to our podcast, because here we talk about all types of things. Thank you for tuning in. If you're on YouTube, don't forget to hit subscribe and like. We're live every Monday at 9 a.m. And don't forget, we're on all platforms every Thursday. So go click the Retired Hood Rat. You can follow me on all platforms too, Comedian T-Barb. And today, we have an interesting show. We are talking about narcissism. You hear the word, everybody is narcissism, narcissism. Some people think we're overusing this word, but we're going to get into it. Um, with, we have some amazing guests today. Let me introduce our guest. Number one, this is, first off, she is a certified expert in narcissism, but this is also my friend from all the way from the sixth grade. Can you believe it or not? The beautiful Amani. Okay, no, you got to go on the thing. Okay, wrong person. There you go. It's okay. All right, here we go. Hi, thank you. Oh, you are welcome. Beautiful, successful, and she has had her bounce with narcissism. We also have on uh, the panel today. This is comedian extraordinaire um, out of Detroit, Houston, all over the country, and she is super funny. And she's had her own bounce with narcissism. Shelly T in the yes. building. Hello. Do 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 do. I'm gonna go right here. But, but I'm sorry, y'all. I'm instructed. Yeah, I'm instructed at the same time. That's a How lot. My mic not on or the headphones not on either. Okay, maybe it's your headphones. Oh, you know what? I'm today. We can hear you just fine. Okay, can you hear us? Yeah, no, I can hear y'all. Okay, yeah. look, because this ghetto. Okay, it's okay. Retire who rap podcast, and also friend of the show and expert on the show. We give it up to Tiona. Okay. Okay. We um, have an amazing show. We have our ladies here. We have our super producer today, Tara, who will be talking um, about narcissism. So let's get into that conversation. Look, there go Tara right there. Y'all give it up for (laughs) T-Dog. Okay, solo layout back on me. Just solo me. Okay. We <laughs> doing it, man. Look, look, look. Well, let me hold on. I might have to switch my little position. Yeah, Boom. And then the, at the top, five. Okay. Yeah. Um, if this is your first time um, listening to the show, we do our retired hood rat word of the day, which is my opportunity to be the Ayanla of the ghetto. <laughs> I am so. <laughs> and then after that, we'll do our retired hood rat prayer. The prayer is not about any deity. It's just about putting that positivity out into the air um, and having it be mm, just a part of your daily life. You know what I mean? So, oh, hold on. I just like over here look i'm trying y'all i'm doing like something somebody help sponsor this show if you want to sponsor this show so i could get a lot of help because it's really supposed to be four people you know when you look at a radio show of 27 people in the back but today is me and t and we is doing this detroit is different uh if you want to advertise with us make sure you hit me up tbarb entertainment at gmail.com and speaking of make sure you hit up loving in our purpose if you're in the metro detroit area you have medicaid um or you have a loved one with medicaid and you've been taking care of your loved one make sure you hit up loving in our purpose at loving in our purpose.com or 1-800-975-5812 um today's word because y'all know i can give a word Okay, today's word is fuck them. <laughs> I'm gonna start with that. I'm sorry, I know that's in the beginning, it's early in the morning. I'm sorry. Um, fuck them. And the reason I say that is because a lot of times we get into bad situations or we stay in bad situations because we don't want to seem like the bad guy, we don't want to seem like the one that can't keep friends. We don't want to seem like the one that can't keep relationships. And the truth of the matter is, sometimes maybe you're not a good picker. It may not be you. It may be you. But regardless to what, you still have to do what's in your best interest. And sometimes when you're having an issue with being wrong, because sometimes you didn't pick the wrong friend. You didn't let the wrong person come over. 
You didn't date the wrong man. You thought he was good. You didn't ignore the flag, which is what this narcissism conversation is about. But that's okay. Don't worry about being the person that looks bad because that happens to me all the time. Okay. Let me tell you something about T Barb. T Barb is open arms. Oh, okay. You need what you need. I got you. Then I turn around and find out they ain't shit. Now I got to let them go. And I didn't, I didn't put them in my bosom. You know, I didn't try to help them. I didn't try to coddle them. And what I'm realizing is that's a gift and a curse. Because although I want to help people, I can't help you to my own demise. So I got to say fuck. And I can't worry about the outside world saying, I, I give you an example. My auntie, I love my auntie. Shout out to my aunties, right? My auntie was like, yo, you know, because you can't keep no friends. <laughs> I was like, auntie, yes, I can. I, my friend from the sixth grade on the show today, I mean, I can. What it is is that I've been so open and accepting of so many people for no reason. They haven't had to work up to being my friend. They ain't had to do nothing. I'm just like, hey, you need a ride? I'll pick you up. Oh, you hungry? Come over here. I'm going to cook for you. Mm-hmm. I haven't made those persons work up to that so now it backfires on me because now i was looking like yo just like date men i date the wrong man i know he ain't no good i know he ain't shit uh but he got some money you know i do keep me some little something with some little money i'm sorry i'm just keeping it real um he told me he didn't want a relationship he i saw how he treated his last woman i saw how he was treating his last spouse i, I mean i saw all these things but guess what I think I'm so powerful, I can change the world. And when it backfires on me again, and I can't be around those people again, the outside looking in don't really understand what it is that you're even go through. So before I let somebody be a part of my demise, fuck them. Before I let you take me down, because for a long time in my life, I would let people take me down. You Come on, we all sinking Titanic in this bitch. And now I'm looking like the villain. But guess what? I don't care about looking like the villain. I am. I think people should be thankful. Hey, you got this out of me. That's okay. But I can't keep letting that go. Because in order for me to be a better person, I have to acknowledge one that, hey, maybe I need to take a little more time with investing in the people. If I want to do some charity work, I'll be feeding the homeless. I can go feed the homeless. I don't have to let a person be in my personal space until they've earned that right. And if they earn the right and they don't treat the right well, rather than continuing to be in a dead end situation, fuck them. There you go. That's our retired hood red word of the day. Boom, 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 boom. And guess what? I'm going to pray right after this. Because guess what? Everybody need a prayer after they say fuck them several times. So remember, nice. this prayer is not about Jehovah, Hishnu, Whoever I say, God, if you don't want to say God, yeah, you five percenter, hey, pray to yourself. And if you're driving, don't forget, okay? Um, don't forget, don't bow your head because <laughs> if you crash, <laughs> here we go, dear God. We are asking that people have the courage and the understanding to know their power and to understand that everyone does not deserve their power. I want a person to understand their importance, their values, their gifts, and understand that those values and those gifts make way for things and that everybody ain't for everybody, God. I just pray that you put the right people at the right time in these people's lives and understand if there is someone around that is not supposed to be around, please show the signs. And not only show the signs, but give them the power to accept those signs and to move accordingly. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All we need to do is some church oriented. So we're going to get into this interview because we have a guest um, that I want to start with. Um, Shout out to Shelly T, Tiana, Amani on the show. I'm so excited have everybody um but i want to talk to my girl amani um amani first off um thank you for being on the show you're welcome Um, we're talking narcissism and i know that you do a narcissism chronicle where you share your experiences with others in hopes of helping them can you talk a little bit about um your situation what happened with you okay i sure can so I actually wanted to piggyback off of you. You said, you know, fuck them. You 
think that like, well, people think that, you know, you can change. I'm sorry. Can y'all hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay. And that you can on. change somebody. And if you can, then just fuck them. But being in a, a narcissistic relationship, it's not, it's easier said than done because they don't try to break you down immediately. It's gaslighting, it's love bombing, it's controlling you and being possessive and all those things kind of like cum cumulate into a, a toxic relationship. And when you're gaslit, you don't really know if you're coming or going. So it's so hard to just say, fuck it, because you've invested so much time, energy. You think this person has the potential to change. You think you have the potential to change the person. So it's just so many different variables that goes into being in an abusive and or toxic relationship that is, and it's different for every, it looks different for everyone. So it's just, it's really hard to just say, fuck it. And I say that because I mean, we don't have all day. My situation is is awful, or it was awful. Actually, it still is awful because this person is still stalking me to this day. Um, but I'll let you all. I'll like share some of my story. I I don't even have time to say it, tell it all. But the gist of it is, I met this guy in 2019. He was a court officer for the Brooklyn Supreme Court. So. That should already tell you right there that he thought that he was above God. Most people in those type of positions, authoritative figures, already think that they are invincible, untouchable, and can do whatever it is that they want. And unfortunately, he was able to do that to me. Um, definitely ignored the red flags. I thought that because he was popping up on me when I told him I was hanging out with my girlfriends and he came and bought us a round of drinks, that that was him showing me that he loved me. But no, it was just showing me that he was possessive and controlling and wanted me within reach. Um, and then slowly but surely, I think... I had attachment anxiety. So because he was being so controlling and possessive at the beginning of our relationship, even though somehow in the back of my mind, I knew it was wrong. I still attached to that, if that makes sense. So mm -hmm. I'll stop and say it took a ton of therapy after like in intensive therapy after dealing with th that particular situation. But through my therapy, I learned that I needed therapy before because that attachment came from having abandonment issues when I was a kid, if that makes sense. So then I attached to this relationship that was completely toxic because it was a lack of what I, I missed like in my childhood. So I just wanted to kind of like preface it all with that. But so I met this guy in 2019. He was a Brooklyn Supreme uh, Court officer at the Brooklyn Supreme Court. And um, he basically abused the fuck out of me. Like I remember three months into the relationship, my son now was 10 years old, but he was like six or seven at the time. His daughter was the same age. My son never liked him. And that's like the telltale. Like my son, when he first met him, he said, mommy, he's funny, but I don't trust him. Ignored mm. that. Mm. Oh, that's too. <clears throat> Definitely ignored that. And I thought it was because, you know, my ex-husband is a great person, good dad to our son. And I thought it was more like my child was saying this because he didn't want someone to come in and replace his dad. But that wasn't it at all. Like children and animals, I guess they have this third sense, this, I don't know, the sixth sense. <laughs> Anyway, so we go to Kalahari in Pennsylvania, and when we get to Kalahari, we get into an argument, and I don't even remember what it was for. We were getting stuff out of the back of his truck to go into the hotel, and he got mad at me. I can't even remember what it was about, but I remember he was speaking to me extremely disrespectfully in front of my son. And I was like, you can't talk to me like that in front of my kid. Like, you can't talk to me like that, but you cannot talk to me like that in front of my kid. Like, because my child already, I'm thinking, does not like you. So long story short, we go into the room. I go into the, we get into our room. I go into the bathroom to like compose myself because I really want to leave at this point. But I'm like, you know what? 
we here for the weekend. It's for my son and his daughter. I'm going to just make the most of it. So I'm, as I'm in the bathroom, he leaves out with my son and his daughter. So when I come out and they leave their cell phones, he well, he left his cell phone. So when I come out the bathroom, I'm like, okay, uh, where? how are you just going to take my kid? So then I call my ex-husband. That was like the red light for me. So I call my ex-husband. I say, hey, I know that you're probably busy, but whenever you get a chance, can you pick me and your son up? We're in Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania at Kalahari, and I just don't, I don't get a good vibe. Now, mind you, this is the first time that my son, myself, and, and this narcissist have been together, and I just was going to call it quits at this point. So... I go, my ex-husband was like, okay, that's fine. It'll take me a couple of hours because we were living in Brooklyn at the time and it was about two, two, three hours away. So with that being said, I went and got me something to eat. Um, I left my phone in the room because it needed to charge. So when I came back to the room, he was going through my cell phone. The kids were back. They were back. He was going Ooh. through my cell phone. And when I looked at Liam, well, my son, and I, he was like, mommy, he made me unlock your, your phone because obviously my kid has my password. What? So oh, hell no. I, I take the phone. I take the phone from him. And I was like, Liam, get yourself together because he had his stuff. He had on swimming trunks and he was wet. I was like, Liam, get yourself together. We're leaving. So my son goes in the bathroom to change his clothes. Um, the animal was like, what you mean y'all leaving? I was like, David, my, that's my ex-husband. He's coming to pick us up. The shit sent him over the edge. Like he started, fuck you and your husband. Fuck your fat ass son. He's just going in. Oh my God. So my child comes out of the bathroom. We're walking down the hallway to leave. Now, mind you, his daughter is the same age as my son. She's also in the room. So he's following my son and I down the hallway, just berating us. Fuck y'all. Fuck. I hope y'all get on get into a fiery crash on I-90. Oh my God. All what? this shit is insane. So we go downstairs, and the way that Kalahari is set up in Pennsylvania is weird. Like it was kind of late, and so they didn't have like a true lobby in the hotel. So we were literally sitting outside on a bench waiting for my ex-husband to pick us up. His daughter, who's the same age as my son, like seven years old at this time, is in the room by herself. Because mind you, he followed us outside to harass us. So we're sitting there and he's going off. You, you dirty bitch. I mean, he's just all this stuff in front of my son. And my son is crying. And he's like, mommy, why is he talking to you like that? And I was like, Liam, just try to ignore him. So fast forward, my, my ex-husband comes. We leave. I block him on everything. I'm not talking to him anymore. So then, like a month or two goes by, he's reaching out. He gets these fake numbers on. I can't remember what app it is, but you can call people from like fake numbers. So he's blowing me up. I have like the Verizon bill to show. He was literally calling me like 200 times a day on different numbers. Wow. Like, I'm sorry. Just let me apologize to you and Liam and David. And it'll never happen again. Just give me another chance. Blah, 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 blah. Now, my ex-husband was like, no, nah, fuck all that. I don't want him around my son. If you choose to be around him, that's on you. But he better not be around my kid. I don't trust him. He was saying all that shit because that's how he feel about my kid. And I don't want him around him. So fast forward, um, for the sake of time, I'm still dealing with this asshole and that's the love bombing that I was talking about. It's just like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm going to go to therapy. He ended up going to therapy because he was like, is something wrong with me? Me talking about your kid. And really, I'm jealous of, of your child because I wish that my daughter was as articulate as he is and this, that, and the other. And I want to apologize. Well, let me ask you this, Imani, real quick. Did you, did you talk back to him again after that instance? As yes. far as like dating him again? Yes, this is, remind you, this is like a few, like maybe 90 days into the relationship. That was my first red flag where I should have fucking bounced and never talked to him again. Red flag. Boy, that was, you like when you go to the United Nations and it's like 57 flags and they just gone. 
This was that. This was red, yellow, green, blue, pink, wasn't turquoise. It? Wasn't it? Like, I really regret, and that's what I talked to my therapist about, was like the uh, anxiety attachment. It was the strangest thing because it's like I knew I shouldn't talk to him, but because he was love bombing me so much and going to therapy, recording his therapy sessions for me. So like love all this stuff. And I hate to stop you just so people understand because this is my first time hearing that term. Oh, I'm, I'm very familiar. You're very familiar. Well. Okay, Shelly, we're going to get to you because you got an interest in the yeah. story as well. You say love bombing. Can you define that just for people who are listening to understand what that is? Basically saying all the things that make you feel loved. Simple. Um, it's I love you so much. I can't live without you. I'll change. You mean everything to me. Basically saying all the things that I feel like every woman wants to hear, but it's not genuine. It's not authentic. It's basically gaslighting you. It's basically manipulating you to feel like you are wanted and you're loved and you're valued. But one thing about a narcissist is that they only love themselves. And honestly, I don't even think that they love themselves because they do so much shit that is to like to other people. And it's like you hurt people, hurt people. If I love myself, I love other people. So like, I really don't understand. And that's something else that I'm working through. Like, how can a narcissist only love themselves? Like, I don't think that they love. I think that they're incapable of loving, period. It's definitely it's a sociopathic type. Yes. Of a yeah. little bit. And I think that um, because one of the reasons I wanted to talk about narcissism is because, you know, I, I was talking to a friend of mine and he was like, yo, everybody using this new word, narcissism. Yeah. And it ain't been like that. And, and he, you know, his impression was as a society, we learn a new word and we using the hell out of it. My impression was we, we labeled it as something else and, and we didn't recognize what it was. And you, you touched on a, a key point, um, Amani, which is that a lot of times it comes from our own insecurities or our lack of self-love or abandonment issues, which you're not the only one. A lot of people have abandonment issues that they just don't identify um, as abandonment issues. So you say you're in counseling now. Do you, was this your first narcissistic relationship or did you think it, think of it as a pattern? It was my first. Okay. And it is my last. Like, I didn't even know what narcissism was until I got into therapy and was talking all of this through with her. And I'm like, is this really a thing? Like, this is really a personality disorder that a lot of people and not only men have, like women can be narcissists as well. Like, I oh, yeah. have been opened that up was my experience. So much. <laughs> Your experience was with a woman? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So so Shelly T. Yes. Um, you have had your bouts with some with some negative relationships yes. that you characterize as narcissists. So let me ask you this first question, okay. right? Is are all bad relationships or all bad mates, are they all narcissists? No, 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 no. No. And everybody has different things that make them bring out, you know, even people that don't I you first of all, nobody's gonna identify as a narcissist unless they've been through some extreme counseling. But for the most part, Everybody has some narcissistic tendencies. Um, what made it more uh, pronounced in my life was because I also had some, I was, a, what do they call it? A narcissistic uh, enabler because of how I grew up. I enabled a lot of the behaviors and also because I didn't have boundaries. And a, a narcissist is going to let you just, they're going to go, go. They're going to keep pushing the gas. So if you don't have boundaries, that's like a, a narcissist playground. And I didn't realize that until I was seeing someone and then they start violating my boundaries over and over and over again. I just let them because I was not wanting to be alone and they knew I was lonely and they played onto that as well. Yeah. Mm. So let me, so let me ask you this. Did you, because I know with Amani, she was saying from the beginning, because that's only 90 days in, yeah. that horror story. Let me tell you something, Amani. Oh, you got to go to Lifetime with your movie or two. Listen, uh, <laughs> that was like the E. That was the, that was the, um, what do you call it? The, that, the, was the the PJ, that was the PG. No, that was the PG version. Like what made me leave was a hundred times worse than that. 
Oh, okay. Hold on, hold on to that because right. I want to hear because I know you got to go right. a little early, so I definitely want to hear. Don't forget, it's the Retired Hood Rap Podcast every Monday, 9 a.m. Click subscribe, click like. We are talking narcissism every Thursday. We are on Apple, Spotify, all platforms. So, Retired Hood Rap with comedian T Bar Relapse is part of recovery. Um, Shelly, yes, because I know Amani talked about uh seeing some red flags in your situation, and you're saying yours was with a woman, yes. So it was my first girlfriend, and I had my first real girlfriend at 27. So okay. I hadn't dated women, I had had sexual encounters with women, but I hadn't had an actual relationship with the woman. And so when we met, I had the same experience with love bombing, and what my experience with love bombing is not only are they just doing everything, saying all the right things, they doing stuff specific for you. Yeah. Like things that you like, oh, okay, you may have brought up in conversation and they, okay, they own it. And it's yeah. like, damn, they, they damn near be like, is this, they come in like a soulmate almost yeah. because mm-hmm. they just, they going to be on you. But they're, what they're doing is mirroring you. Yeah. They're not, they're not, they're not going out and just doing all this love shit. They're just mirroring what you are. That's not who they are. That's not who they, they are. Just, they just picking up and, and I they think picking that, up your energy and be like, right. okay, and giving it back to you. And that's Absolutely. one of the biggest things with narcissism. And I think how it's so covert mm-hmm. um, is that, and, and I know for myself, I, I identify with a lot of these things, maybe not as deep because I was raised by a narcissist. Mm-hmm. I love my daddy to death. I love my daddy, but it took me getting older to say, Damn, if he would have did that to me, I see why my stepmama tripping, you know? Yeah. And, and and don't be wrong, my stepmama. But anyway, I see why those things happen because he was a narcissist. And so I was more prone to those behaviors. And like you said, they're paying attention to everything. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking, yep. damn, he loved to listen to me. Oh, yep. damn, or he or she, she, yep. she, 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 oh my God, she loved gumbo. She yep. made me some gumbo. She was listening, taking notes on it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. taking notes, checking it off, right? Yeah. And so here's the thing about that specific to narcissists. They're going to give you the world up top, and then they're going to breadcrumb you afterwards. So Absolutely. And so when they're breadcrumbing you, they're just, okay, every once in a while, they'll give you a little glimpse of what they used to give you when you love bomb. And so you so you sticking around, hoping that you're going to get that first time around love yeah. bombing experience when they were so into you, and they was chasing you down, trying to get you locked in with them. And no, you're never getting that again. That shit is gone. But yeah. you don't know that. And so you're just chasing that high. It's like it's like drugs. You're just yeah. chasing it, chasing it, hoping it come back around. And it's never, it never is because they're they got you now. So yeah. they got him, Tiana, yeah. Tiana. Have you ever dated a narcissist? A few. <laughs> <laughs> did did you have a similar experience with feeling the the love bombing and they're going to do all this and then the same, is it the same pattern for you? Yes, yeah, the same pattern. And a lot of them will do something wrong and try to make you think you the one that was oh, doing yeah. it wrong. They will yeah, literally talk you, talk you into it like you the wrong I got to experience that. On that. Sure. When you know you right in your head, you know you right. But you think for a second like, well, maybe I was wrong. Yeah, I'm going. Right, trying to see it from their point of view like, well, yeah. was I wrong? Was I wrong? You literally. Am I tripping? Talk yeah. To, yeah, talking to yourself like, am I wrong? Maybe I was wrong. So then you let it slide, and you mm-hmm. let that slide, and no. And then next thing you know, you, you're not you just letting shit slide yeah. all the time. For they example, like uh, I had let my ex girlfriend use my car or whatever to because we were all open, we poly, whatever. We supposed to be living this life. We both bisexual, whatever. We're supposed to be free, but mm-hmm. open, but in communication with each other. Mm-hmm. I let her use my car to go see her friend from that used to live out of state with her. And they lived in Ann Arbor. They she left at five o'clock with my car, 5 p.m. At 11 o'clock, she texts me, like, I've been drinking. I don't really want to drive. I'm like, okay, whatever. I don't want you to drive from Ann Arbor back to Detroit mm-hmm. if you've been drinking don't anyway. Don't fuck my shit up. Right, okay, right. whatever. <laughs> the next morning, I'm like, okay, hey, you know, when you got somebody car to me, I'm up at the crack of dawn, bitch. You know, I'm about to go drop your shit off. At like maybe 9, 10, I'm like, okay, hey, what time you coming? 11, she texts me like, oh, I'm about to be on my way. This bitch did not come back with my car to 1 o'clock. And we supposed to hang out in the morning. And she had to be to work at 3. So I'm pissed. I'm pissed, pissed, pissed. Because I'm like, so fuck the time we supposed to hang out. So you just going to. And then end of the time, like from 11 to 1, she wasn't answering the phone. So I'm like, oh, y'all fucking. 
So you know, nah. yeah. but but that right. but that's yeah. that she could have been at McDonald's. But yeah, that's the underplay. For her. Yeah. So Amani, <laughs> let me ask you this because after that story, you say you went back. Do yes. you feel like it's like what Shelly was saying that that it was that crumbs that you that you went back because did he make you feel like you did something wrong or did you go back and attempt to have that same love as? I went back because. Well, so Shelly definitely hit the nail on the head with the breadcrumbs and giving you just the world. Um, but really, I went back because he had been recording his therapy sessions and emailing them to me. And I was like, OK, well, clearly this motherfucker know he got some issues and he's trying to work past them. So I'm going to give him another chance. Wow. When narcissists go to therapy, you're just really giving them the blueprint to go further on into their narcissism. Exactly. I have a question. Do you think it's something like in our childhood? Oh, it definitely is. I was about to I was about to bring that that back. That can affect how we accept narcissism. I will. I'll, I'll say that. Okay. So with my situation with the woman, it was because my mom, she's she's in my life or whatever, but she never was like, oh, I love you. Mm-hmm. You know, she's not very super nurturing, but she gonna make sure you straight. And so when I started dating her, it was like this overwhelming nurturing experience from a woman that I never had. And it was like, even though it was, you know, my girlfriend, it was like a motherly love in a sense of like, she made sure I was straight, love bombing the fuck out of me, make sure I'm good, you know? And it was just like, it's because I was able to trace that back because I'm like, oh no, I just was, hung up about some shit me and my mama had going on like because right. i just wanted that 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 love so bad but and to piggyback off of what you just said with me it was my biological father didn't want shit to do with me because oh. he was married my mom didn't know that he was married but he was married when my mom conceived me when she told him that she was pregnant he basically ghosted her mm. now this is back in the 80s he literally ghosted my mom in the 80s so then my grandfather god rest his soul stepped up and he was my dad and my grandfather's this little jamaican man he was very just very how do you call it? like he was just very a manly man like he didn't take no shit he provided for his family he took control and so that's what i saw in that fucking animal like mm-hmm. was my grandfather if that makes sense but then it was just like, no, bitch, you have abandonment issues and you have attachment issues. And that is why you stayed in this fucked up relationship. Like this person is it's just unbelievable. So can I tell y'all what happens? Because I got to go. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We Tell us what happened. Jesus. Okay. So I, I will spare y'all the, the little stories in between. But the big, the big thing that made me move back to Detroit and make me like, in the relationship was so we're going back and forth with all this different toxic shit that I'm starting to crave right because he's breadcrumbing me he's like but I love you I'm sorry I'm whatever he's mirroring everything that I want him to be he's not his authentic self he's extremely disingenuous but whatever so he convinces me this is during COVID so he convinces me to take a cross-country road trip with him so that we can work on our relationship and it was something that I told him I always wanted to do I was like I want to take maybe like me a a couple and like three other couples and go across the country in like a Winnebago do not judge me but that was just something that I said I wanted to do on my bucket list so he was like well let's just do it let's do it me and you so granted I had some apprehensions about it like mm-hmm. in the back of my mind wow. I, know, I know this nigga's crazy but this is something i'm gonna do <laughs> the first thing i heard trip. was remember that noise from the game show with like snaps. rump 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 like girl you gotta definitely i'm just to go ahead exactly. i'm sorry they just talked exactly. in my mouth like rump 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 you know nah. when they lose on the price is right right go ahead you in the window you ain't lying you are not lying so long story short so we go on this trip we leave brooklyn and 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 fyi i was living in brooklyn he was living in this town called east stroudsburg pennsylvania which is like an hour and a half away from brooklyn so 
we start on our merry way. So we we're driving. We're actually having a good time. We get to I never get this and I I might start crying because this shit just pisses me off. So we get to Utah. So we're in Utah and you know how you can um, when your phone is connected through the Bluetooth, if you get a text message, the person, the text comes up on the on a dash. So my friend Rayon, who lives in Brooklyn, he had texted me just what up? Like he's literally my, just my friend. But the narcissist had been stalking him and I didn't even know this. Wow. Until like, until like way after I found out so much stuff, like way after. So he was like, why the fuck is he texting you? And I was like, I don't know. Let's read the text messages. Cause I have nothing to hide. So I open my phone up and I show him the text messages. And it literally just said, what up though? What's, what's, what's happening? So he was like, didn't I tell you, I didn't want that motherfucker texting you. I was like, uh, whatever you tripping. So then he says, you know what? I'm going to teach your ass a motherfucking lesson. Okay. And the way that, the way that he said it, y'all, I felt like in that moment, I think he about to kill me. Mm-hmm. Like I literally. I mean, when you said cross country trip, I was like, he's about to bury this motherfucker. Keep you some scissors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Hello? yeah. Or shoestring. Keep you a shoestring, boo. <laughs> I hate y'all. So look. <laughs> <laughs> so, so mind you, we're in Utah. So no, oh, yes, we were in Utah. And you so, gonna go with all the Amish and the right. polygamy at? Uh-uh. You know you ain't about they to got get no hell dirt out there. Right. <laughs> Your ass about to come back and want them hats. What them hats did the Amish ladies be wearing? <laughs> you was about to be human traffic. We were just talking about that. Y'all, I'm so happy I can laugh about this shit. So, I swear, therapy works. So, um, so I'm thinking, oh my God, this nigga about to kill me. No, I'm lying. We were not in Utah. We were in Wyoming. I know I know so he drives off of the freeway he exits off the freeway and we're going like probably 10 miles out like on this exit and there's nothing on both sides there is absolutely nothing and I'm thinking oh my god I know I can outrun this nigga well I'm as soon as he stopped I'm just running so look for a weapon it was it was nothing in the car. So I um so he pulls over and there's like a farm, maybe like 300 meters away from the car from where he parked. So I'm thinking, okay, I'm gonna run to this fucking farm. So um he parks the car and he hopped out quick as fuck and he was like, get the fuck, get the fuck out. You I'm leaving you here. So he takes my shirt. Like when he got out the car, he pulled me across his seat, right? So he pulls off my shirt. He rips my bra off. Like I literally have no fucking top on. So he starts throwing my shit out of the car. Like I'm leaving you here. So I'm standing there like, okay, what the fuck? So right as I'm thinking, like, should I run to the farm? And then I'm thinking the farm look kind of deserted. So it might not be nobody over there. Then he got my phone. Like, all if y'all can imagine, like, so much shit is going through my mind. And, like, I don't know what I should do. But by the grace of God, there was a utility truck coming down the road. I could not believe this shit. So the utility, so this, it was an old white man driving it and he stopped like right at the car and he was looking like, what the fuck? Like you, if y'all would have seen his facial expression, it was kind of funny, but he ain't seen no shit like like that except on TV. You know what I'm saying? He was like, what going on in the town? He literally was looking like, what the fuck? So then he motioned me to come to the van, to come to the truck. So I run to the car. Mind you, I don't have shit. I don't have my purse, my phone, nothing. And my damn top. I'm like holding my shirt together so my titties won't be jiggling every fucking wear. Oh my God. So I get to the um to the van, I, the, the truck. I open the door and this nigga grabs the back of my neck and pulls me back down and was like, what you think you're doing? You're not going nowhere. Get the fuck back in the car. So he pushes me back into the car. And we're fighting, though. Like, I'm trying to get away from him, 
but obviously he's much, I weigh 112 pounds wet. This nigga was like, I don't know, 170, I guess, 180. So I'm fighting him and the utility truck man just pulls off. So he gets me back in the car. We're driving down the highway, but he puts me in the back seat. So I'm looking on the floor and I'm looking like, okay, I got to get away from him. So I'm looking around in the car. I see my cell phone underneath the passenger seat. So I pick it up. As I'm picking it up, I notice one of my braids is like on the ground. This motherfucker pulled out an entire braid from my scalp. So I'm crying. I'm upset. I call 911, but, and I got the audio of that shit if y'all ever want to listen to it. I add, like, I needed it for my court case. So I um, call 911, but I'm doing it inconspicuously. Like, I don't know, want him to know that I'm on the phone with 911 because he probably will strangle me to death at that point. So I'm telling the operator, like, yeah, I need, I really want to go. I really want to get out the car. Will you please pull over and get me out of the car? And I'm saying the mile markers as we're passing them. So then eventually, like two minutes later, the state troopers pulls us over. Wow. wow. So the state troopers pulls us over. They have like a domestic violence person with them. And she was like, you did such a good job. You have no idea how many domestic violence calls we get because apparently there's nothing to do in this state but beat your wife or whatever. Um, Wyoming, believe it or not, is the number one state for suicide. Mm. Wow. Okay. We did a we did a we had an episode talking about uh, our mental health Mondays, which I gotta go back and listen to. Um we looked it up in Wyoming and, and it's a high number too, um, number yeah. one for suicide. Yeah, she they actually told me that at the center that they took me to. So um she was like, You're lucky and this and the other, you did a great job by being, you know, telling us where you were without alarming him. Cause like he had no idea that I was on and I put the phone like down on the seat and I was screaming and crying, but I'm telling them the mile markers. So they took me to, they arrested him, took me to like a domestic violence place and they flew me back to Brooklyn. And at that point I'm like, okay, I got to get away from him. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. So I tell my mom, now, mind you, I'm not telling anybody about this abuse. Like no one knows really what's going on. So I call my mom and she's like, Imani, you need to just move back home. I don't want anything to happen to you and Liam, blah, 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 blah. So he somehow, he gets back, right? Like he gets out of jail, whatever, whatever. A week after this happens, my son and I, it's 11 o'clock. At night, I'll never forget this. My buzzer starts ringing. Now, in my mind, I'm already trying to process, like, how do I move my life? I've lived in Brooklyn for almost 10 years. I haven't been to Detroit before that. I lived in Texas. So, like, how do I start my life over in Detroit? Like, I'm just processing all this stuff. I had a pretty good job. My son was in a good school that I really liked. So I'm just sitting here thinking like, you know, what's the next step? But I do need to move because I think he's going to try to kill me. Mm. So I, it was a Saturday night. I think it was my son and I are watching TV in the living room and my buzzer starts going off my like to my door buzzer. So this is Brooklyn DoorDash and Instacart and all that shit. They always just buzz random number uh, buzzers. So I don't think anything of it. So after it happened like the seventh time and it was a, it was like a different person every time and they were all men. Um, Liam, my son was like, mommy, why do people keep ringing our buzzer? And I was like, baby, I don't know. So this guy, he texts me and was like, hey, Monty, this is Stuart. Open up. And I'm like, the fuck is Stuart? So then I call him and I was like, how do you? know where I live? How do you know my name? How do you know my number? Like, who are you? And he was like, I was just talking to you on Tinder. And I'm like, what? So, I'm not- so my man's went and made a Tinder profile and put your correct information. So let me <gasps> ask you this. Let me ask you this. Oh, this wow. is a lot. We gotta we gotta come back on this show. We gotta definitely Ooh. come back on this one. Yeah, it's so much. Let me ask it's you so this. Much. Was he ever prosecuted or for any of these? The things? only thing that happened to him was that he got fired. 
like he's now a used car salesman in East Strasburg. He is no longer employed for the Brooklyn Supreme Court, but that was it. That Honestly, was it. I'm the one with the fucking record because he stole in the middle of that. Remember I said there were little parts of this story. He stole a dog that my ex-husband and I bought my son. And I went into his house and took it and I got charged. Well, initially it was burglary B and E, but it was, I got it reduced. Well, let me tell you something. Oh shit. You know, that just really speaks to, and, and it's I'm no just to even be hearing this story because hopefully somebody mm -hmm. is listening and understanding that you need to pay attention to the signs from the yes. beginning mm -hmm. only because, and, and that's why, and, and I, I love what you said when about the message when I said fuck them because you can't always. But I'm going to say this. If from the very beginning you get that sign, okay? Yeah. And it don't always have to be huge, mm -hmm. but it can be monumental. And what I think we do is we talk ourselves out of feeling Hell deserving yeah. of having some standards or some boundaries. Yep. Because yep. that's just like with me in my career, right? A lot of people go and, and let's say somebody say, hey, I want you to come to Montana and do two hours of comedy for $50. It's people that be like, I'm going to go because I'm scared of missing the opportunity. Mm -hmm. Right? So you meet a man or a woman or a mate Sometimes we're afraid of being alone, like yep. you said, Shelly. So we accept everything. Let me ask you this, Shelly. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, my that's a oh, this is so much. Yeah. Um, with your situation mm -hmm. with uh mm -hmm. the girl that you were dating that was a narcissist, what was that aha moment for you where you was like, I gotta get the out of here? And how did you make that transition? Was it as hard? Okay, so as, as what we just and heard? It's, it's still been as uh, but we, we I feel like mine hasn't even been that crazy, but it's been, it's still crazy nonetheless. Um, So it was a couple of things. So we were still messing around on and off up until last year. And um, I brought her around a guy that I wanted us to have a threesome with. Um, That was my main guy. And when I brought us together, they knew each other from childhood. They went to the same church. So I was the same church. Yeah, they knew each other from childhood. <laughs> I'm done with this, right? Here. Yeah, let's go on. Sorry, that we church. didn't end up. This is a serious conversation, but yeah. I just can't. Okay, Listen, same so church. So they happened or whatever. Yeah, so they end up knowing each other from when they was 12 or whatever. I end up getting so intoxicated. We didn't have a threesome, whatever. I end up seeing that they would be texting each other after that or whatever. And they not, they weren't telling me what the fuck was going on. So mm -hmm. long story short, not to put anybody business out there, but fuck her. Um, <laughs> yeah, I end up finding out that they fucked around behind my back because my ex-girlfriend got real bad eczema. And I went over his house and I went to his bed and I seen the skin on his bed. Oh my God. Fuck out of here. This is like, he left this bitch was losing skin. Me. Uh, Come so, on with the skin. So I stopped, <laughs> I stopped, I stopped dealing with both of them at that time or whatever. But then she came back begging me like on her hands and knees, like literally came over my house on, on her knees, begging me or whatever. And I was still Did in she that. leave some skin on the floor? <laughs> <laughs> so I ended up still putting us all together, trying to do a throuple thing, whatever. Um, they end up every time I would be, she just started trying to make him like her man, man. Right. She never had a fine ass nigga before. So she like put him on this pedestal that I didn't even really have him on. Right. So that really started irritating me or whatever. So I stopped fucking with both of them again. Then when I came back around, then they was in the open relationship with each other. So anyways, but yeah. when they got in the open relationship, she didn't want him to fuck with me no more. So me and him was just being friends. So, but what she didn't realize with me him, and him just being friends like that after we didn't already been having sex for a year and some change, mm -hmm. that that just made us closer. And this is my main nigga anyway, before her. Right. So anyways, long story short, she was doing a lot of foul shit. She was like telling him like, oh, she want to be just with him. And she, you know, but she, we could be open, whatever. But she, he the only nigga she really want. That's what she was telling him. But then she would be hanging out with me and doing whole shit. So it's like, bitch, how you going to tell me I can't have my nigga no more, but you out here still doing whole shit. And I still wasn't even telling him. I just, that's what, okay, so she wouldn't, she was out doing whole shit. And then it was like, but then she didn't want to fuck no more with me. So I'm like, this is, you you giving me weird vibes because when you drunk, you want to fuck. But when you sober, I can't make a move on you or I can't try to like lead this somewhere else. I don't need alcohol to fuck. 
you making me feel weird now that you only want to have sex with me when you're drunk. And so um, it was like one last encounter with her. I was with, um, I went out and hung. And it seemed like it was a small thing at that time, but it just had been boiling up from then. Yeah. Um, we had went to a bar and after the bar she had, was it was like a guy that we both knew that lived like uh, not even a mile down the street. She's like, let's go over there and smoke for a little bit, whatever. Now, prior to this, she like, oh, I got to go get up early in the morning. So I'm like, she's like, let's just go over there. We'll smoke a little bit. We ain't going to stay too long. So we end up sitting in the living room smoking. We can smoke about three woods. So, you know, that's a, that's a lot of weed now. All right. That's so I'm looking at the time like, all right, time to go. And then he before I, I even like say it's time to go, he's like, hey, y'all want to go up to my room? To me, that means that sounds like some we've been sitting in the living room smoking for this long. Why we need to go up to your room? We just came over here to smoke. So to me, it seemed like she was trying to set me up into a threesome yeah. or something like that, because I know that guy was attracted to me before, too. So it was just like that put me in a weird situation. And then she just told me she don't want fuck. She don't want me fucking with my old nigga because her and him got something going on. So that situation just totally rubbed me the wrong way she's like oh because i was like i'm ready to go it was like one o'clock in the morning she's like oh i'm I'm gonna stay here a little longer so i ended up leaving her there with the nigga and just left like going home because it's like one o'clock in the morning i'm like i'm not about to stay here longer we already smoked three woods so i just stopped talking to her after that or whatever i didn't even tell old boy about none of her shit he ended up coming back around me because he wanted to get his hair done which i should have just been done too at the time but because i wanted i needed some money and i'm like whatever i'll do your hair and then so he was like oh, you know I, you know why we can't do you know why we can't talk no more da, da, da. i'm like i'm not doing that mess with you and my ex like mm-hmm. i'm not doing that no more and um he's like why y'all stop being friends or whatever because she told him he she told her the story but she ain't telling the story for real mm-hmm. trying to make herself look good so I ended up telling her him what happened. And so he ended up breaking up with her. Me and him start kicking it again. I ended up start doing drugs. Girl. <laughs> I was on drugs with him. So the, so this guy yeah. ended up leading. So yes, okay, yes. this a lot going it's a lot, on. It's God a lot. Damn. Damn, okay, bye-bye. <laughs> y'all got me, y'all got my little ex-boyfriend. He 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 a narcissist. <laughs> and, and I because I dated a guy last year. Which is one of the reasons why I'm satisfied with being single right now. Um, you know, <laughs> only because, and it wasn't even that bad, but I saw the, I saw the writing on the wall and I'm thankful mm-hmm. because although I went through some red flag stuff, you know, we can't go out nowhere with him without being a problem. I never seen nobody drink that much in one sitting. Everybody know I've been getting fucked up a long time, mm-hmm. you know. And I and I thought he was gay at the same time. That's another issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like it was some definitely some, some low key shit going yes, on. Absolutely, uh-huh. absolutely. And he he a manly man, uh-huh. a be motorcycle the, man. Be the one get money, buy me all kind of stuff, and, and a lot of. And this is why I had to get out the money thing because a narcissism could a narcissist could smell that. Oh, yeah. That I love money yep. and that you can cash at me some a little extra and I might call you. Hey, what's going on? So with that being said, you, you stay with this guy. Yes. After all this crazy shit where you should have been done with him anyway. Yes. And, and so the pinnacle, because what I love about this conversation is we're kind of showing people where this can go. Mm-hmm. Where it goes from being just a little messed up like Amani. It goes from Kyla Hardy incident to you just being in the middle of fucking nowhere and barely making it. Yeah. And for you going from, which is traumatic for a lot of people, yeah. for somebody you dating to flirt and do that shit in your face, whether it's an open relationship or not, because it's still a respect yeah. factor. And setting you up because what if this guy would have came down and been like, no, nah, she said I'm getting them cakes today and exactly. drug your ass because it happens. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. or I'm high or put something in the wood or whatever. Mm-hmm. You go from all that and end up on drugs because yeah. of him? Listen, because I was wanting to be done with him. And then he started, I wasn't even doing, I never even messed with no outside of weed. But then when we, at that time when me and all three of us was hanging out, that's when it was introduced to me. And then at, I never was like, oh, okay, let me, let me get some of that. Let me get some of that. Until like once he came back around and I was doing this hair and then it was just me and him. After a while, he's like, well, let's just, you want to get high? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay cool now every time i see him we're getting high and then i was like okay 
it just like that. Now I'm doing coke, like you know, and and it was just, it, it was just easy after that. And then it was like, okay, well, I know if he come around, we gonna get high. And it wasn't even I never spent my money on it, but it, because it was free, it was different as well. You know, it was like okay, well, and it just was like. I never even seen myself down that. I had been offered that type of drug before, before that guy. I always turned that shit down. It was because somebody that I cared about and was in a relationship with brought it around me that it desensitized me. And it wasn't until I ended up getting arrested with him. Um, we got pulled over. And that was like the eye-opening experience for me because I had never been in jail. I ain't never been no criminal, none of that. So it was just like, Oh shit! And ever since I've been clean, I should I ain't looked back. Yeah. But think, but think about this. I like you had to step up because mm -hmm. it's just a progression. And yep. I think that being human beings, and I think this is even down to the planet. Everything you see with human existence is almost like we gotta experience it, or we it gotta go real far. Yeah. We can't just take that enough is enough. I was even journaling that I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. But I just didn't have it in me like I you know yeah. I think also the drugs did play a role because it was times where I was done but then he would come back around and it was like okay now I'm in it and then towards right before we got arrested it was like I was hanging out with him every day and I literally prayed to God like two days before that I'm like I don't know how I'm gonna be done with this man but I want to be done so bad like I said I just don't know why he won't leave me alone and and what and what it is is sometimes and, and this is messed up, but it's still a saving grace. And I don't think a lot of people see it as this. Sometimes he'll take you to the lowest yeah, of the absolutely. low, in order to force you, mm -hmm. especially yep. when you be praying because your prayer never comes out the way that you yeah. think it's gonna come out. Right? You just like somebody say, "I'm praying for a bunch of money." Mm -hmm. And then you turn around and now you got a fucking farm and you clean up horse shit and they give you a million dollars. You ain't think that that's how. I mean, you know, yeah. I'm a comedian, right. so it's always going to come out silly. Tiana, any moments for you where you was like, you know what, I'm done with this? Yeah, I just, uh, a year ago, I was in North Carolina, had moved. I was dating this guy, make six figures, like, staying in a brand new house. He brought it brand new on a golf course. I'm talking about, like, I didn't go in a store. I ain't opened my purse for nothing. My daughter go to Michigan get you with State. That money. Listen, my daughter go to Michigan State. He brought everything when she moved into her apartment. I'm talking about ain't one for nothing. So I kept on coming home because I'm my grandbaby. Like he my favorite person in the world. Everybody know that. So he like, I go home. He like, why you at home? I'm like, because my family here. So he already had an attitude. Mm -hmm. Then so I ended up going to the hospital because I thought it was an excess. Come to find out, I was allergic to my blood pressure medicine. I had been taking for like over eight years. Mm. Oh so I almost God. died from some blood pressure pills. So I'm in the hospital and I'm telling him like, yeah, I'm in the hospital. He was like, well, I don't give a damn what happened. What you're going to do is get your ass out the hospital. Go get fat fat. We're going to take his fucking mama to court. We're taking fat fat. He's coming here. You don't need to go to Michigan. He was like, your kids would never want for anything. Keandre and Mayana would be like Landon. I never want for fucking anything. You're going to get your ass here and that's what you're going to do. He said, and your mama, your mama is grown. <laughs> I said, well, you don't you know gotta be I careful am. with that money shit. God, God, what I went, went left on him. I went left and told him, yeah, I fly first class because he do put me on first class. I fly first class now, but I've been on this plane in the middle or in the back. Okay. Now, I might not be in the first class, but I've been riding those. Right. Okay. Well, I left his ass alone. Like that was in the end when it, it was stuff like I didn't have an ice maker no more on my refrigerator. <laughs> I got mad because somebody had ate my ice. I was like, I should have stayed with Dave. Yeah. But I, I, I never went back. He still called me to this day. But but I think that that's a good thing you got out at that point because if you're in the yeah. hospital and mm -hmm. somebody, somebody don't even know if you're going to make it right. and yeah. they worried about them, that's a big... Yeah, because he had to take his clients to go uh, hunting. They was going hunting. And they do this. Oh, I never year. let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I, I hate to break this down right here. And maybe I'm wrong for this. Shout out to all the hunters. All the hunters what listening to the show. I'm sorry. If somebody say they hunt, I'm instantly like, you know what? <laughs> I don't or know. And people. my cousin, my cousin is married to a hunter. And um, but she's a bougie and all this. She was telling me, like, you know, they in a tent and shit. 
Anybody who can sit in a tent for hours, they go sit up in a tree and camouflage. Yeah. I'm scared. Yeah. I'm scared. Oh my God. So this retired hood rap podcast. Don't forget every Monday, 9 a.m. 9 a.m. Tune in. Make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel, Comedian T Barb. Follow us on all platforms. And if you want to advertise with us, T Barb Entertainment at gmail.com. You want to know where I'm gonna be at? It's T Barb is funny.com. Oh my god, interesting. Oh, this is amazing. So we you know, y'all know we gotta do a part two to this. Yeah, <laughs> we gotta do a part two. Amani. Can you tell us your biggest, most helpful takeaway from your whole experience and how they can follow your journey? Because I know that you do do blogging about narcissism and, and your experience to help others. Simple. Just don't ignore red flags. Like, don't be I, afraid. That's yeah. And you know what? I think Shelly, you talked about the boundaries. Like you just, somebody was, he was like a habitual boundary crosser. Mm -hmm. Like it's one thing to have boundaries, but it's another thing to enforce them. Yes, so absolutely. if someone is constantly pushed, like making you compromise on your boundaries and you feel mm -hmm. a way about it, like that's, that's a red flag. And I'm sorry, I don't know the lady that just talked about her being in the hospital. What was your name again? Tiana. I'm sorry. Tiana. Tiana. Mm -hmm. Tiana. Uh, kudos to you because if it sounds like you had boundaries and you was like, you know what? I'm not about to let you talk to me like this. And you Working basically, my baby daddy. yeah, you basically just got out of it. But mm -hmm. a lot of women, including myself, it's just like, oh, I have the potential to change this person. Oh, this person. And that's an ego thing on our end mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's the part, that's how narcissists get us because they play to our ego. And yep. so we're like, oh, shoot, I can help. I can help. But you ain't God. Exactly. <laughs> and you ain't nobody's mama. Well, I am somebody's mama, but, yeah, not, but not, not his mama. Not that man's mama. Right. Okay. Exactly. So that's, that's pretty much, um, that's all I have to say about that. Okay. And how can they follow um, your journey and check out your vlog and your post about narcissism? So here's the thing. I used to, um, on Instagram, I used, cause he would send me crazy shit all the time. And that's part of the story that I was about to tell about the creating a fake dating accounts and giving all of my personal information. Um, mm -hmm. and I have all of that. I used to upload it on Instagram and tell a story, but in 2023, I actually, actually deleted them all because I didn't want that kind of energy on my social media accounts. So I did write a book and it's called Surviving Narcissism and it's on Amazon. And what I'm going to do is just continue to write short stories. So um, that's that's basically what I'm doing. But it just felt kind of weird going into 2023. Granted, I want to empower other women and men to like be able to recognize the signs and not be like me and get in this horrible relationship that seems unending. Um, but on the same token, I just wanted to not focus on negativity on the same token, if that makes sense. Like I didn't want to give it you don't want to give it energy, and it's it's nothing wrong with that. What's the name of the book again? Surviving narcissism. Surviving. You know what? Um, and and I, and I I totally understand that because sometimes you feel like, especially in the healing process, a lot of times in healing we're just stuck on the problem, but mm -hmm. eventually after you talk it out, you have to move to the to the next phase, mm -hmm. whatever that should be. Yeah, um, Shelly. Yeah, see. What are, what is your takeaway? What advice would you like to leave the people with? And how can they get in touch with you or keep in touch? Okay. So my takeaway would be to just let go of the fear, you know? So mm -hmm. sometimes we stick around for things way longer than we would because we just don't want to be alone or be lonely and sit with that. But it's also finding something to do, find something within you to do that you enjoy, not something that you just got to go make money for or whatever. For me, um, when I did experience narcissism, it was narcissist. It was because I wasn't putting the full time into myself and mm -hmm. developing my craft. And I could have been doing all type of other things, but I was just so wanting to have that energy and somebody around so bad that mm -hmm. it's like, you got to have, you know, you got to be okay with being just you. Um, and, and also be firm in your boundaries. Mm -hmm. Yes. And if somebody reacts negatively because you trying to, 
have your boundaries up. That's the first sign right there. Like how somebody responds to you when you're just setting up, okay, I don't be available to this for this day and that day and whatever. And if they don't take it cool, then that's the first sign right there to get the yep. phone. Um also, um, you know, like I like I said. Just, you know, we got to love on each other. It takes a village. So also let you know with your friends, your, your friends know the nigga ain't shitty too. So, you know, most of the time, a lot of time our friends just letting us go with the flow or whatever. But, you know, listen to your folks too. They know. You say yeah. speak up. How can we keep in touch with Shelly? You can follow me on the gram at Shelly with the fade. That's S-H-E-L-L-Y-W-I-T-D-A-F-A-D-E. And it's the same on TikTok. I'm on there as well. And I'm also on SoundCloud under Aqua Moon. That's my rap name. So, yeah, check me out. Let's do it. Make sure y'all check out Shelly. She's a comedian and singer. She does hear all type of stuff. Tiana, Tiana, what are your narcissism takeaways and how can they keep in touch with you? The same exact thing she just said about boundaries. Love yourself. Yes, that's number one. Love yourself and realize stuff that you go through in life does not dictate where you got to go. Your past do not dictate your future. Only you do. So it's you and your decisions and the boundaries you allow or not allow people to have in your life. And I am Tiana VL313 everywhere. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And and our super producer, Essence of Tara, who is... uh, my designer, she does all my hats and stuff. So if you want to get something, you can go to Essence of Tara, T-E-R-R-A. Um, see some of the pieces, some of the jewelry. If you love my T-Barb hats, my T-Barb earrings, all of my custom pieces come from Essence of Tara. So make sure you check that out. If you want to follow me, Instagram, I am T-Barb, T-B-A-R-B. Also on TikTok, Comedian T-Barb and T-Barb from Detroit. I have two TikTok pages. Also, make sure you click subscribe and like and share this podcast, especially if you know someone who is dealing with a narcissist, someone dealing with domestic violence, someone who just needs to hear this conversation. Please share it on your page. Let somebody hear it. They need to know about uh, these conversations that's had. And also, Retired Hood Rat Podcast Detroit is different. So make sure that you're doing that. And tune in every Monday at 9 a.m. We are live on my fan page, Comedian T-Barb, as well as on YouTube. You know it, Comedian T-Barb, because you might be watching it here. If not, Spotify, Apple Music, every Thursday morning. Oh, my God. Thank you, ladies, so much for this enlightening and amazing conversation. Don't forget, Relapse is a part of recovery. If you're still a hood rat, we welcome you. And uh, shout out to all my retired hood rats. Hey, auntie. Hey, unk. Go check out those new videos. And we'll see you next time. Thanks, Tiff. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much. No, it ain't, it ain't touch screen. It was a good show. There you go. Ain't she got to click it off. Hold on before you say something crazy. The boo-boo. <laughs>